0: Hello everyone, my name is Sylvia Gorajek and this is Silicon Valley Show. Today I'm joined by Fozia Lala, CEO of Falala Innovations. Fozia lives in Seattle and right now she is visiting Silicon Valley. We're going to talk about her startups, about her impressions on Silicon Valley and about her entrepreneurial life in Seattle. Hello Fozia, it's so nice to have you here. Hi Sylvia, it's nice to be here too. You're doing a couple of interesting projects. Um, Falala Innovations, that's such a cool name. Tell us, what are you actually doing right now?
1: Um, So I'm working on two projects right now and the biggest project I'm working on is called QuenchBot. It's an automated smoothie machine. It's a robotic machine that can make fresh smoothies for you on demand. So imagine a vending machine. It'll be a big size vending machine. It'll have all the fresh fruits in it. And, you know, people can walk up, customers can walk up to it, choose their drink, customize it. And the machine will make a smoothie for you and wash the blender out.
0: That sounds so cool. And what's the other one that you're doing? Can you mention a little bit about this too? Yeah, so I'm building a contact lens case and it's a smaller project, but
1: I'm building contact lens cases because the ones that you look at are out in the market today are not aesthetically pleasing, so I'm building something that looks pretty and something that people
0: can throw away more quickly too. All right. so let's focus on QuenchBot right now. This is Mm -hmm. your biggest project, as you're saying. It sounds pretty impressive and I'd love to see something like this on, you know, every floor of every office I'm going to. And I'm thinking how did you come up with the idea? Yeah, so the idea came about when I was still working with Microsoft.
1: I was a developer there and, you know, I realized a lot of people, not just people who work for Fortune 500 companies, they struggle with keeping up with their daily tasks. They're working a lot, and they have other hobbies outside of work, and there's so much going on that you know regular day-to-day tasks like eating or just doing your chores becomes very difficult. So I wanted to bring more automation to people's lives so they can spend more time enjoying, you know, doing what they do. And um, so when I decided, okay, I'm going to work in the automation space, I said, well, what's the first thing I can pick. What's the most important thing that needs to be automated today? And nutrition came to my mind first because people struggle to eat healthy. They really try, but it's really hard because you have to either cook on your own or find the right salad or, you know, look at the label, the nutrition, and, you know, it's very challenging. So That's how the idea came about. I wanted to automate nutrition, and the first thing I picked on it is a known concept, which is smoothies. People know smoothies. They love smoothies.
0: And you know, that's how I'm penetrating the market. I'm wondering how a smoothie vending machine can be profitable. It seems like there is so much work around this to keep the fruit fresh and to keep it clean. How are you going to deal with this? And did you think about it? Yes, I did. Actually, I
1: spent a lot of time about six months just figuring out on the idea, working on the concept. So I had a lot of diagrams that I drew and spoke to a lot of people who have um, area of expertise in this, so mechanical engineers and manufacturers. And I also looked at machines that are out in the market today that do something similar. And there's an orange juice machine that makes fresh orange juice from oranges. So there are oranges in the machine and the machine will cut them and make a juice. So I looked at what's out there in the market and what works, what doesn't work, the problems those machines have. And I started from there. So once I got, got all the idea of what challenges I'm going to have, what parts I need to build, and what the customers require, then now I'm starting to build a prototype. And it will—it is a learning process. It will take me several iterations of building the prototype before I finally find something that works.
0: Right. And I remember you mentioned about um, those uh, small shops called Jumbo Juice. Yes. This is something that actually is pretty common, right? And um, How do you compare, is it your competition in a way?
1: Yes, so yeah, I mean other vending machines that do something similar is a competition and also smoothie shops or smoothie bars that are out there are also a pretty big competition. And you know the way I compare the machine to that is I will have slightly different target customers. Some people like to go to a shop, sit down, order from a person. My machine will provide people the ability to go to it twenty four seven, because the machine is accessible whenever, and it has more customizing options. So when you talk about profit, you know, Jamba Juice spends a lot of money on rent and paying their employees, and that is cut down in my machine because the smaller space and it's a self maintaining system. So I can still sell the smoothies for about the same price and make profit off of it.
0: Are there any other vending machines already out there that are actually doing small um,
1: there are. There are. Jamba Juice has a vending machine called Jamba Go. And it's a tabletop machine. It's really small. And it has about, I think, three flavors you can choose from. So it's like a slushy machine. So it's different because it has a very small set of flavors and you cannot customize or build your drink. And it's not fresh. And there's another vending machine that sells fresh juices but the juices are made off-site, and then they're sold in cups Mm -hmm. in the machine. So there are machines that do something similar, and then the orange juice machine too, but they all have some other things that are
0: different from what I'm doing. When did you start working on this project?
1: Um, I started about a year ago. And I spent a couple of months just working on the sketches, the designs, ideas, looking at the market, the competition, you know, um, how much it's going to cost me, how I can make profit. So I started a year ago, but I spent half that time just on paper. And then now I have started working on the physical prototype.
0: Yes. So I wanted to ask you about the current stage. You're working on a prototype. Mm-hmm. Are you hiring any people? Yes, actually. I
1: have a mechanical designer I'm working with and I have a manufacturer who's helping me build a machine.
0: How did you convince your first employees to work with you well, while you are bootstrapping, as I'm guessing, right? Yes,
1: so when I spoke to my electrical engineer and mechanical designer first, you know, I, I told them what the idea is, I told them what my goals are, and where the company is going. And they just loved it. They fell in love with the idea of the machine and the role they would play in it. And they were just
0: sold. They said, yeah, we want to be a part of it and see where this takes us. So are you sharing any um, shares with them, the company's stocks? So currently, nobody has a stake in the company because it's so new. But over time,
1: that's the idea that you know, they would have some stake in the company.
0: What about the investment? Are you planning to raise any money or are you going to be bootstrapping for a little longer?
1: So I'll bootstrap for a couple more months until I finish my first prototype. And after I have the first prototype ready, I can show it to my potential customers and get pre-orders. Then that will give me the proof of concept to go to investors and say, well, here's the prototype. It's ready. Here are the customers who are willing to buy this machine. Now I need investment probably two hundred dollars to $250,000 to build other versions of the prototype to fix the bugs and go to market. So that's when I'll look for investors, after I finish the first prototype.
0: Yeah, and why is that? Why wouldn't you want to look for um, angel investors right now? So I did some research on angel
1: investors in, in the Seattle area and a little bit here too. And the common thing, common element between these investors are that they won't invest too early on. And one of the advice I got from several investors is not to ask for investment too early. So they have told me push out on asking investment as long as you can.
0: I agree because one of the things that I know is that if you ask too early, you also first of all need to give away you know, much more Of your company right exactly that's exactly right because early on I don't know you know two hundred
1: thousand dollars is what percentage of my company right later on when I have a better idea of how much it costs to build a machine and how many customers I can get then I can have a better evaluation of my my company you're coming from Dubai yes I was born and raised there and you moved to US ten years ago yes it's been ten years so why did you move um, Dubai is a great city for a lot of people to go and work and make quick money because there are not a lot of taxes. But you cannot settle down in Dubai. There's no concept of retiring there or owning a home. So even though I was born there, you know, I don't have nationality there. So I had to move out at some point because I knew I couldn't re- retire there or you know, have investments. And what
0: were you doing before Falala Innovation?
1: I was actually working at Microsoft. I was a software engineer there for five years. You are an engineer? Yes, I was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and where, where did you learn that? Um, I went to school uh, for computer science. I got my bachelor's in computer science. And then right out of college, I got a job at Microsoft. In fact, I did two internships at Microsoft while I was still in college in my sophomore and junior year. And when I finished my internship in my junior year, I got an offer to come back full time as soon as I graduate.
0: So it just, you know, it just happened. And then you dropped Microsoft to do this? Yes, basically. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. And, and how do you like it? How, what do you think about your decision? Are you already very happy about this? Or do you think that you maybe could have stayed with Microsoft for a little longer?
1: No, I think I'm extremely happy with my decision. I had the idea to do this couple months before I left Microsoft, but I was still in the you know, um, learning phase. But I realized that it was becoming a full-time job initially and doing Microsoft and my startup at the same time was going to be very challenging. So I made that bold decision to let go of my comfort zone and I resigned. And I've been full-time on this since then.
0: How does your um, engineering uh, experience and background help you with um, growing this startup? Are you using your knowledge or... How, how much of it are you using for it right now?
1: Yes, I'm using a lot of knowledge that uh, I learned from Microsoft. Microsoft is a software company and I am building something more hardware related, but the general principles apply a lot about you know, how to look for customers or how do, you automate soft, so, well, how do you automate any products? How do you build something from scratch and make it very profitable? So I picked up so, those principles. For example, Microsoft does Agile agile programming and that means you work in smaller iterations, you build things in smaller chunks and you test them and then you build other things in smaller chunks, you test them and then you put them together right so you go you're moving very quickly that's one of the things I used and other you know just kind of looking for customers and how to find bugs or realize issues you can have in advance before you even build a product that's I think the most important thing I learned from Microsoft. A lot of times you would dive in, code for the software, and then you'd realize, oh, but these things go wrong or did go wrong, and now I have to go make those changes, which is very expensive. So thinking about all the things that could go wrong beforehand and accounting for that is extremely valuable. So yeah, so
0: I learned quite a lot from Microsoft. And how long were you working there?
1: Uh, I was there at about five years at Microsoft. and. The machine has some software elements to it, so I am
0: going to do the programming on my own. That's very impressive. (laughs) Thank you. Tell me about manufacturing. I know you're not manufacturing yet, but you're doing your prototype, Mm -hmm. and I have no clue about hardware, Mm -hmm. and can um, can you tell me how are you doing your prototype, where are you doing this, how does it really work? Sure, so there are different
1: kinds of manufacturers right? who specialize in different things. And I have found two manufacturers, one of who builds vending machines, that's what he does. And I have another manufacturer who's helping me build a prototype. So he just started his business very recently, a couple months ago, about a year ago. And um, he's in Seattle, so we can physically put together the machines and he has space in his factory to do that. And once the machine is put up, built together, He has a set of engineers too, he has a mechanical engineer and other engineers. So once we put everything together, we can then move the machine to other places if we want to. And for mass production after that, after the prototypes are done, you go to big manufacturers who do vending machines on a daily basis. So they can produce a vending machine for you on a more cost-effective basis. Because a lot of those parts will be similar, and he will buy them in bulk, and so you get the wholesale price basically.
0: Let's talk about Silicon Valley. Is Mm -hmm. it your first time here? No, I have been here several times before, I have friends in the area. I see, and how do you like it? How do you like Silicon Valley? And also, how would you compare it to Seattle? Yes, you know, it's actually
1: quite different from Seattle. This is my first trip to Silicon Valley, where I have gone out and networked. Met a lot of startups, different people, gone to events. Usually, I just come to visit friends. And I did realize one big difference between Silicon Valley and Seattle is that there are a lot more events that happen in Silicon Valley, Mm -hmm. but because of the quantity of events, there are fewer people that show up in these events. The events are smaller in size. Mm -hmm. So Seattle, on the other hand, you have fewer events, but they are much larger in general.
0: And did you already talk to other startup founders or maybe also to potential investors? Are you exploring this area here right now or what are you doing here most?
1: Yeah, so I'm here predominantly to network, get a feel for the startup community here, the people here, the lifestyle. And yes, I did meet quite a lot of uh, startup founders and investors, so
0: we'll see where that takes me. When it comes to women in tech, Mm -hmm. uh, is there also a lot of events around this topic in Seattle? Is it also a pretty hot thing over there because here in Silicon Valley this is very very popular right now?
1: You know I haven't noticed as many women in tech events in Seattle Mm -hmm. as many as I have here in Silicon Valley. And are there many uh, female founders in Seattle? Seattle in general doesn't have as many startups so in comparison it's hard to tell but I have met quite a lot of uh, women founders. I would think the ratio of men to women founders would be about the same in Seattle as it's here.
0: Are you involved in this topic at all? Are you promoting women in um, business? Or do you think that this is something so standard that it doesn't need pretty much extra attention?
1: Actually, you'd be surprised. Uh, women struggle with starting their business a lot more than men do. And maybe that's why the ratio is so skewed. So I definitely think we need to have either more events or just more awareness for on this topic so that women can feel empowered to start their own business and take it forward. Men seem to have a lot more courage and support from the community. Women, on the other hand, tell, tend to fall into social roles or just not having enough courage or support to take on such a big venture on their own.
0: What do you think about startup accelerators? I know there is a big one in Seattle that's called Techstars and you know there is plenty of them over here as well. Are you planning to join one of them? Um, Did you explore this area at all? I did. Uh, There are two big
1: accelerators in Seattle, Techstars and Nine Mile Labs. And I did look into this a little bit. In fact, I spoke to the founder of Nine My Labs to just get an idea of what they look for in startups. And it's the same concept that I talked about before with investors, that I don't want to go to an accelerator too early on. If I can do this on my own, even better. So that's what I'm trying to do. I don't have any plans on going to accelerators. I might just directly go to
0: investors and take it from there. So you dropped Microsoft, you're doing this, and are you doing this full time or are you also doing something else? Yeah, so
1: initially for the first couple of months this was a full time commitment. And now that I have delegated a lot of work, which is what I recommend people do in their new startup, I do have some time to do other, pursue other things. And so I do teach martial arts on the side and that also you know, brings in some residual income.
0: You're teaching martial arts. I, was... I do, yeah. So you're a developer, engineer, you're a startup founder and teaching martial arts. Yeah, that's right. Oh my god. How how are you finding time to do this? Well, I've been doing martial
1: arts for eight years now. So I have two black belts and two different martial arts, and it was just a natural process that once you reach that stage, you're eligible to teach. And I love teaching. I you know, I love being in that space. So
0: I decided to pick it up. You're pretty active on social media, and so I could see that you're also giving a lot of advice to people, what could you share with our readers and viewers specifically when it comes to startups?
1: So the biggest advice I would give to people who are just starting out or have a new startup is that learn to delegate work, right? Have partners. either have a stake in your company or not but have somebody who can help you with parts of your project you're not gonna have area of expertise in everything all aspects of it either you're an engineer and you understand software or you're a business person and you understand the market right so whatever the other gaps are find people who understand them and have them do that work for you now usually you find these people through friends or friends refer you to other people and the biggest mistake that I know people make, and I've done this myself, is that you trust those people too much. Not to say that you shouldn't trust your friends, right? But keep friendship separate from business. So when you work with these people, have your contracts in place, You know, make sure you understand the commitments, the deadline, how many hours it's gonna cost, how much they're charging for those hours, and everything is put together in your Um, Documents. The two main documents, I would say, get set up right away is your NDA, which is a non-disclosure agreement, a confidentiality document, and an IP document, which is intellectual property, which means that this intellectual property, whatever you're building, belongs to you, the rights belong to you, even if people work on it.
0: Uh, Did you think of filing for patent for the vending machine, or is it something that you think is not necessary? I think patents are extremely
1: important especially if it's a novel idea and I did file for a utility patent in fact I filed for it even before I started working on the concept as soon as I had just the idea I filed for the patent right away because patents can take up to three years or even longer to get approved and you know that you want to go into business before that so the first step that you need to do is as soon as you have an idea and you know this is serious you're going to make a business out of it file for a patent and my patent lawyer says that you know your patents needs to be very generic in the beginning which is perfect because you only have an idea because once the first time your patent gets rejected then you can narrow it down and add specifics and by that time you already have the details and the specific details to add to your patent so it's the perfect way to do it
0: and that's a great piece of advice thank you so much i wish you all the best with growing your projects and i can't wait to be using quentbot (laughs) and i would really i would really want it to be on Every floor of every office, and um, we invite everyone to follow you on Twitter. Your Twitter is Falala Innovate, right? right. Falala Innovate, and your website is FalalaInnovation.com. That's right. Right. Thank you so much for coming. Yeah. Thank you for having me.